We have a lot in our culture that talks about um, find your tribe, do life with people, but you've got to be careful that you're not doing life to the detriment of your purpose right. with people. So there's two sides to that. I, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying any of this is easy because we love people, but we don't run wholeheartedly with everyone in the direction right. everyone's going. Right. Hey everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood Podcast is all about investing in every girl from every generation to live intentionally, lead confidently, and love generously. And hopefully, it will leave you saying, that was so good. Have you ever found yourself prioritizing your past over your future? See, there's a difference between facing your past and fixating on it. If you found yourself stuck, but you don't know how to move forward, this episode is for you. It's time to find people to help you fuel your faith and step into the divine relay race that God has for you. Today, the one and only Christine Kane is in the studio to show you the way. Christine is a best-selling author. She's an activist, but most of all, she's an evangelist. She loves God's word and building his church and building into the lives of other people. She and her husband, Nick, they started the A21 campaign. They're leading the way in the fight against human trafficking across the globe. You're going to be blown away by her story and her testimony. So grab something to take notes because you are going to get so much out of this episode. Let's dive in. Well, I'm pretty pumped to have my dear friend, Christine Kane, in the studio today. And you know, Chris, as I was preparing for this, I realized that you were actually the very first speaker that we ever had at an amazing sisterhood event. And then you were my first guest on the So Good Sisterhood podcast. And that was back in season one. And you actually spoke on how to persevere in your calling. And it was such a powerful episode. We're going to make sure we link that in the show notes. But I cannot believe that was almost two years ago. So welcome back to the podcast. We're so excited to have you with us. Julie, I am pumped to be on here. And I'm just trying to decipher the fact that um, it was only two years ago because look what the Lord's done. Mm-hmm. That's actually what yeah. blows me away. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, I was thinking about the fact that the scripture tells us to find ways to encourage each other. And that word encourage means to give courage. And you definitely have given me courage in seasons and given our sisterhood courage just to step into their calling by doing the podcast, by being our very first ever speaker. It was just like an, an anointing and an outpouring of courage and confidence. And, and encouragement is actually oxygen to the soul. Mm-hmm. And I think that you are a walking oxygen tank, right? <laughs> that everywhere you go, you're constantly giving courage to the body of Christ wherever you step in. So thank you. Thank you for being on today. And I would just love for you just to catch us up on, wow, what's happening in this season in your family, in your ministry? What are you most excited about right now? I'm fired up. And now every, all the girls listening to this, uh, as I'm talking, what's going through my head is that I don't have a tattoo. I never plan on getting a tattoo. <laughs> but if I was ever going to get a tattoo, it would be an oxygen tank because yes, I love what you there just you go. said. Yeah. But anyway, okay, so now I'm going to tell you about what's going on now. You know, Nick and I, Catherine has just started. She's a junior at Pepperdine, like wow. just loving her life. She spent last year, all last year in England uh, doing her second year study abroad um, and then Sophia is doing her final year her senior year at 
um, high school. She says, she's doing great. Nick and I are doing great. And by God's grace, um, the work of A21's gone forward. Yeah. And so, you know, we... I, I feel very blessed, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about A21 right now, because I want to make sure that yeah. our girls know, because it's been a couple of years. Yeah, and just what's going on right now. I mean, right this second, I just, we just Nick and I just came back from a trip to Greece. We went to our offices we and to Spain. We opened a national hotline in Spain and went to Greece, and we met up with the head of the National Anti-Trafficking Organization in Greece, the head of the police. And he took us to the apartment where because of our Greek hotline and our Spanish hotline. Um, We work together with the law enforcement and anti-trafficking organization, but because of the tips to those hotlines, uh, in this apartment that we went and visited, 52 women from Colombia were rescued and 22 traffickers were arrested and taken. I mean, it was miraculous. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, it's it's a long story. It's all over the press. It was so awesome. But again, um, 15 years of faithfulness and you just suddenly you start to hit a tipping Mm -hmm. point and things start to happen. Yeah. I remember when you first started because we've kind of been along the journey with you and you didn't know what to do but you knew you had to do something. And it was that step of faith that the seed planted and it hasn't been an easy road, Mm -hmm. but to see the fruit from it has just been incredible and can't wait to see what God's gonna continue to do. We'll make sure that we put all the information about A21 in the show notes because it's such an amazing part of our mission um, outreach. If you are looking for a place to give and to put your resources into to fight human trafficking, this is the place to be because you partner with so many people all over the world and truly making a difference but um, but Chris you know recently you just wrote an amazing mm-hmm. book um, I've read it it's incredible it's um, don't look back getting unstuck and moving forward with passion and purpose and this is such a timely message and I would love for you to share a little bit about you know what what inspired you to even write this book and why you think it's a message for now a right. now word yeah great question there were two things that inspired me um, Firstly, just the last few years, it wouldn't matter what country I went to. So it definitely was like a global message. I would hear phrases really often like, Chris, I just wish things would go back to normal. Yeah. Chris, I just wish that. And I'm looking at the world, sort of the world as we know it, burning. Like you're just mm-hmm. like, uh, there. I don't know what normal is anymore. Yeah. My children are growing up in a very different world mm-hmm. and things are changing at such a rapid pace that yeah. I don't think there is such a thing as going back right. to normal. So I was meditating on that. Then also just thinking... Um, about my own life. I mean, Julie, you know, my story, so do the girls probably on this podcast, just being abandoned at birth mm-hmm. and being abused and adopted and um, marginalized because of my gender and ethnicity. And I, I was thinking a lot about how I had met people that seemed to be very stuck uh, as a result of the pain and trauma. And I thank God over the last few years, there's been so much more discussion and understanding about trauma mm-hmm. and trauma-informed therapy and trauma awareness. And I, I was so grateful for that. But I also wanted people to know that there is a life beyond trauma. Right. There is a life beyond our past because I've been, by God's mm-hmm. grace, walking in victory and that Jesus has given us a life beyond our past. And I felt like some of the conversation and narrative around trauma stopped only at the trauma. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go to the next step to freedom. So right. I'm like, don't look back meaning of course we all have to face our past in order to move future but there's a difference between facing your past and fixating on your past and I felt there was a lot of fixating Mm -hmm. Um, so basically for those that have been really traumatized like I have I wanted people to know there is there is hope beyond that through Jesus and for those that were 
basically just sitting around waiting for the world to get better before they decide <laughs> to start moving again. I'm like, you okay, uh, stop looking right. back because we've got to start moving forward. Right. And I found... Um, particularly, you know, the whole world was impacted, obviously, by COVID and the lockdowns and some countries, like some countries I went to this trip had only just opened right. up. So mm-hmm. you've had some people that well and truly for two, three years have been there. You know, it's hard to get momentum when you've come to a hard stop. Mm-hmm. And in your faith, sometimes you don't even realise it. Like you go, I still love Jesus. I'm still sort of reading the Bible every now and again. I'm watching church online. But you've really stopped pursuing right. the purpose of God. Mm-hmm. So. All those things combined to want to write that. That's amazing. And, you know, one of the things I love about this book is you talk about the second shortest scripture in the Bible. Yes, yes. (laughs) Which is actually an amazing scripture. You want to unpack that just a little bit as you're talking about, you know, looking back and why we need to to move forward. Well, it is. You know, it's when Jesus says in Luke uh, 17, 32, you know, he's talking about the end of the world. But in the midst of that, he sort of appears to throw in a random phase, phrase yeah. of course we know it's not but um and he says remember lot's wife right i remember you know when how many of us we've all read it so many times and then as always god illuminates something to mm-hmm. you where you just go why have i never seen this right and of course because i love women's ministry and i i, I thought why would jesus uh tell us to remember lot's wife which led me to dig in and then find out all those women in the bible that we all love and i've preached on so many but Jesus never tells us to remember any other woman. He says of the woman with the alabaster jar, what she has done will be remembered. Right. But Lot's wife is the only um, person that he tells us to remember that is a woman. So it really made me start thinking, of course, you go to Genesis 19. At first, I'll be honest, I was taken aback because Genesis 19 is such a disturbing chapter on mm-hmm. so many levels. What happens when the, you know, what happens at Lot's house, what happens when it burns down and they go, what happens after Lot's wife turns into a pillar of salt. So, and I was thinking of this cultural moment, so much to do with, um, you know, abuse and things that have been revealed and what's happening. So I was looking at it and I thought, isn't it interesting that in what's happening in this cultural moment, what Jesus, when he tells us to remember Lot's wife, and then what you have is this moment where uh, the angels, two angels of the Lord come to rescue Lot's wife and her daughters mm-hmm. and Lot from what is burning down. Life as they knew it is burning to the right. ground. It's finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing she's told is don't look back. With uh, What meaning there, it's not about facing it. It's about wanting to go back and mm-hmm. stay there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she did it. And she turned into a pillar of salt. And then, of course, going on there, the, the two daughters end up sleeping with their father mm-hmm. and we end up with such a mess. And of course, as a mum and mm-hmm. as someone that really cares about the church and yeah. the future of the church, all of that started to hit mm-hmm. me. I thought, no wonder Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. She got stuck in a place she was only meant to be passing through. She prioritized her past over a future mm-hmm. and it impacted not just her. Her getting yeah. stuck impacted her daughters mm-hmm. and future generations. Right. And I thought of so many of my friends my age mm-hmm. that have found themselves stuck in certain places and I'm thinking the next generation is at stake. This isn't right. just about, it's not just about me fulfilling my purpose in God. I have to make sure I don't get stuck for Catherine and Sophia right. and the rest of the girls in the church. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so yeah. good. I love that, that she got stuck in a place 
that she should have only been passing through. And I, I, I've heard you say this so many times before, but don't allow one chapter of yeah. your story to be your whole story or one, you know, one portion, one paragraph. And and that's such a vital message because I think a lot of people get stuck in the past and you know, you end up going where you look to, right? Oh, you you, <laughs> you end up if you're looking to your past and and continually, you know, looking back, then it's almost impossible to move forward. And you've said this before. I mean, you're you know, it, it, we're not saying that not to grieve the past, oh, not for sure. to and not to not to be in denial about what's happened, but but Jesus came so that we would have a better future, so that we could experience you know his life and life to the full. And when we look back and stay stuck, we can never step into the the future that God has for us. And that is just the such a powerful message in your entire book. It really is a book for everyone. And you know this whole um, season that we're talking about is we're talking about building intentional life giving community right. that actually builds into us but also builds the kingdom of God. And that's that's why it's so important that we don't stay stuck. It's not just for our you know our own calling, um, totally. but it's also for the generation that's coming behind us. And and I think all of us, if we're you know, if we're honest, um, if we're not stuck right now, we've either been stuck or we're probably gonna be <laughs> totally. getting stuck, you know, in the future. <laughs> but um but I, I really believe that that all of us want to get unstuck. Sometimes it's hard to know how. Yeah. And you write in your book in um, I think it's chapter seven, right? When when you say don't go it alone mm-hmm. that that God has a plan to use the people in our lives to be able to be instruments to help us to be able to move forward. There's actually fifty nine one and Others in scripture. Wow. Love one another, encourage one another, you know, serve one another, also forgive one another and put up with one another, right? And so the, the New Testament writers, they they knew two things about community. They they assumed that if we were Christians and believers, that we were going to be in community. That's why there's so many, you know, so many references to it. But then they also assumed that it was going to be messy. You know, we're going to have to put up with one another. So it's not always easy to take that risk. But um, but why do you think it's so important that we take the risk to to invite people on the journey to be able to help us to get unstuck and to have the right friendships and the right relationships in our lives. Well, sure. I think God has made it that it's the only way we're going to get there uh, because he created us for community. Yeah. I mean, he himself is a triune God in mm-hmm. community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And right. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. um, th- there it is right there. There's, yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. in the very nature of who God is and, how, and we're created in his image. Mm-hmm. So I think in that way, com- I wouldn't be here where I am today if mm-hmm. it wasn't for uh, making choices about who I'm going to like run in life with. And that means mm-hmm. at times making really painful choices wow. about who I have to stop running with. Mm-hmm. And that I, even this last season, I think there's probably not one girl listening to this podcast that we haven't all had to make some really hard decisions. And it's painful. Mm-hmm. And I'm older now, I'm 57. So I, I wasn't thinking that I would have to make some really dramatic decisions mm-hmm. at this point. I thought, you know, you right. pretty much think, oh man, I've got my ride or dies. Unless your ride or dies decide that they're not riding or dying towards Jesus anymore. So there, there you go. Mm-hmm. I go, well, I never thought we'd be getting out of the car at this point, right. you know. So, um, and I've just had a couple of those deeply painful. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, I was a bit blindsided. I wasn't thinking that was going to happen at this stage. But we, you know, I think 
you've got to run with those that are running towards Jesus. That's mm-hmm. the priority, however hard it is. We have a lot in our culture that talks about um, find your tribe, do life with people. But you've got to be careful that you're not doing mm-hmm. life to the detriment of your purpose right. with people. Mm-hmm. So there's two sides to that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying any of this is easy because we love people, but we don't run wholeheartedly with everyone in the direction right. everyone's going. Right. right. And so that means, and I'm saying this as a 57-year-old, woman that loves relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a high value for me. It loves friendship. Mm -hmm. um, And I I love people. But but Nick and I, I would say, very frequently have to ruthlessly go through. When it comes to who's in your very inner circle, Mm -hmm. and if you're going to fulfill purpose, Mm -hmm. then they have to be people... Um, I'm not saying that I'm doing what I'm doing, but that are running towards Jesus with the Mm -hmm. same intensity, passion, and I think the last few years I have found, and I guess it can happen as I'm getting older, people do get stuck and stuck meaning in my stage and age, it's kind of like, you know, I've, I've done enough for God or I've mm-hmm. gone hard enough and I'm going to sort of look more towards retirement now. Well, I, I'm not even thinking that word doesn't even exist for me. So uh, it doesn't go. And then mm-hmm. a couple of other people that we, we we were even theologically running in the same direction, but you know mm-hmm. they made some different choices mm-hmm. to believe different things about the Bible than I do. So you know we can't run as right. intimately as it doesn't mean I can't love them, but mm-hmm. I can't run closely mm-hmm. with them. So right. who would have thought at my age and stage I'd still be making those choices? Mm-hmm. But by making those choices, it means I'm running like with people like you, with people mm-hmm. that are uh, we're on the same page. T- in terms of going towards Jesus and yeah. saying, listen, the mission of God, the purpose of God, that's what drives us. That's right. And um, as painful as it is to make those choices, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you have like you have what we have. And there's, right. you know, you and Todd and me, Nick and I, and we've got, and you go, okay, God, just you've given me people mm-hmm. that I can mm-hmm. keep running with. That's so good. You know, um, I think it's important for us to know who we're on mission with yes. and who we're on mission for. And so much of the scripture, when, when it, it talks about community, where, you know, it, Bible the description instructs us to to pray for one another, right? And when he's talking about that, it is about people that are running hard, that are aligned in, in the body of Christ. And I think sometimes we think, oh, when like you said in our culture, find your people, you know, find your village. And so many times we think that's just about all relationships. But specifically what what scripture is telling us is exactly what you were talking about is that we need to find people that are going to fuel our faith right yeah. that are going to give us the courage it's not just time to give us courage to go do your thing it's giving us the courage to to fight this fight of faith yeah, to, to hang to in there when we don't hang want in there, to to, to yes. go the distance <laughs> yeah. right not to just you know not to just give us a pat on the back and For go sure. hey you know we're yeah you, you, quit, you do you boo, you do you right life. exactly I'm like that so. is the dumbest advice because right. mm-hmm. um, you need people that are going to be willing to challenge you in Christ um, and hold you to God's standard. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that helps my marriage. That Mm -hmm. helps my parenting. That helps me uh, crucify my flesh. Mm -hmm. Like if I build the wrong people around me, and I mean people that, you know, in Australia we would say blow wind up your skirt, (laughs) Uh, just just, just make you feel Mm -hmm. better about yourself, you know. But they could be encouraging me in things that are contrary to Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, oh, it's good that you just vent, Christine. You should just express yeah. how you feel, well, mm-hmm. rather than the Scripture tells me to have self-control right. and to guard my mouth and to guard my heart. And, you know, you've got to really make sure that it's helping me become more like Christ, not mm-hmm. less like Christ. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So those are the kind of friends you need. Yes. And those are the kind of friends that are going to help you to move forward, to get unstuck. Totally. You know, It's not the ones that are just going to come a- along and agree with everything that, that you say, but they're going to challenge you. For sure. Call you up you know cheer you on but also then call you up right so that's so good 
If you want to connect with some friends and dig deeper into the content from the podcast today, we've created a resource just for you. It's called Show Notes Plus. And Show Notes Plus gives you access to the notes from today's episode, discussion questions, key scripture verses, and links to additional resources, and even some devotionals. So make sure you click the link in our show notes so you don't miss out on the chance to dive deeper. I love what you said earlier because you were talking about just the importance of us, you know, going the distance and getting unstuck for the generation behind us, oh, right? Yeah. And a couple a couple months ago we had some of our next gen girls on on the podcast and and I asked them, you know, what is it that you would want the generation ahead of you to know that maybe they don't know? And I actually wrote this down because what they said is we wish that they knew that we really want them to reach out. We, we want to know that they care and that they are consistent in our lives. And I think it's, sometimes it's really easy, like when you get to our age, right? Yes. To think, well, maybe, you know, maybe they, they don't want, you know, what, what we have to say, or maybe they don't want us as involved as, as we know we can help them along the way, but maybe they don't want us. I think the enemy uses our yeah. insecurities sometimes to keep the generations divided. He uses our insecurities and our, our doubts to keep us separated because he knows that, that the way forward, the way for them to not get stuck in the first place, right? And the way for us to move forward is to actually invest into someone else. And so, but you talk a lot about passing the baton of faith to the next generation. I'd love for you to share just a little bit more about why this is so important and why in this this season of your ministry, it seems like it's really a mantra. Very much so. And, you know, obviously I've got a 21-year-old and a Mm -hmm. 17-year-old, so it's very close to home. It's in my home. And, you know, and of course the finish line is closer to me than the starting line. So, however, I mean, I plan by God's grace to live a long uh, and flourishing life. But whichever way, you know, 57, I'm not going to be 114. So the the finish line is (laughs) closer. And I care about the fact that, you know, I I understand we're part of a divine relay. Mm -hmm. It's not – our culture is very much about, you know – it's all about you. Build your life, right. your business, your ministry. And I'm like, we are part of a divine relay. You know, Hebrews 12 says there's a cloud of witnesses right. that have run before us. Hebrews 11, mm-hmm. there's a, those that have run the race of faith before us. So my job, and I'll tell you what drives me more than anything, Julie, is that uh, in the saddest scripture in the entire Bible for me is Judges chapter 2, verse 10, that says, when Joshua and his generation died, another generation arose that did not know the Lord, nor the works that he had done for Israel. That has driven me for my entire Christian life, Mm -hmm. 35 years. Um, Somehow God meant for me to internalize that way back then, that here's Joshua. I mean, he came out of slavery. He saw the Red Sea part. He saw manna from heaven for Mm -hmm. 40 years. The River Jordan pushed back. He saw Jericho wall come down. They possessed the promised land. I mean, you don't get more signs, wonders, miracles, Mm -hmm. biggest ministry, greatest ministry. Ever, but ultimately, I don't know if you've really succeeded if another generation arises that doesn't mm-hmm. know the Lord nor the works yeah. He's done for Israel. So mm-hmm. I am consumed not to be remembered by you know building the great you know the largest anti-trafficking organization or all the other things that I've done, but is did I hand the baton of faith to the next generation mm-hmm. that ultimately is all that matters. Yeah. And Jude says, you know, that it's got to be the the faith that's been handed down. from. So not, not a newfound faith, not, mm-hmm. you know, a, a watered down, diluted faith, right. but the faith that has been handed down from, you know, from the, from the Holy Spirit down mm-hmm. <laughs> through the birth of the church. Um, so I guess I'm consumed because in any relay, there's only a 20 meter exchange zone. Mm-hmm. And the whole race 
is decided in that exchange mm-hmm. zone. And we're, we're in an exchange zone, I yes, really believe, spiritually mm-hmm. in on the planet. Um, and three things happen. And in, tw- in the year 2000, in the Sydney Olympics, we were there for the women's 4 by 100 meter final. They got really late. Sloppy America should have won. We had the fastest <laughs> team. But they were sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. not that Americans ever got a little bit of like, we got, we got this in the bag. But Nick and I were watching it. And yeah. It was like, uh, you could see I was this. Too. I know exactly they, what you're going to say. And then they mm-hmm. got a little bit sloppy. Mm-hmm. And... Bahamas and Jamaica came on either side of them mm-hmm. and they didn't see it coming in that th- that last uh, handover. Just a bit sloppy, a bit slow, like, you know, and then boom, and you guys mm-hmm. got a bronze instead mm-hmm. of a gold, right. but should have won on paper. So we've got to be careful not to be sloppy because, right. you know, we do. And then in Athens four years later, they Marion Jones handed the baton too late into Lauren mm-hmm. Williams' hands. It was outside of that 20-meter zone. Well, you're disqualified if you hand it outside of the exchange zone. And then in Beijing in 2008, they dropped it on the second exchange. Mm-hmm. So disqualified again. And so it wasn't until London 2012. Right. I felt even, I can tell you, Julie, those 12 years I was watching those Olympics, wow. that I could see this uh, playing. I thought, this is mm-hmm. what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you get sloppy or if you are insecure as an older woman and don't hand over the right batons mm-hmm. to the next generation, so you're outside the exchange zone, mm-hmm. or you drop it, in the mm-hmm. middle because the generation's not really ready and just yeah. like, you know, just mm-hmm. not willing or wants to self-select which baton. I, I, I don't want that one. Yeah. And I want, you know, mm-hmm. um, it has to be a seamless exchange in the mm-hmm. exchange zone. And so ultimately it doesn't matter how fast yeah. you run your leg because mm-hmm. we're all – so I need a generation that is in the exchange zone ready. And there is a moment in an exchange zone where the person receiving the baton is running without the baton but running at full speed. And there's that that, that, that half a second and mm-hmm. I've got it. So a lot are standing still trying to self-select the baton that they want rather than going my hands out, God yeah. put in my hand whatever needs to be mm-hmm. put in. Right. And there's plenty of us ready to put them in. Right. And then the ones that are maybe insecure in some ways or trying to hang on to something that God's saying, hey, it's time to hand that over, mm-hmm. um, need to be secure enough to go, okay, I don't want to hand it outside because then you've got to start the race all over mm-hmm. again in that right. area. Right. And so I think we're in this spiritual moment mm-hmm. where we have to be really discerning. The younger generation needs to be in their lane, mm-hmm. be in that exchange zone <laughs> and ready mm-hmm. to take whatever baton they're given um, and God will sort it out. Yes. Maybe at the next exchange zone or the next one, you're going to yes. get the one that you really believe mm-hmm. God's got for you. So but good. if you don't carry a few of the others along mm-hmm. the way, you're not going to develop the the muscle That's to right. hold that baton mm-hmm. and then some of the older ones need to be conscious of don't get stuck here because you've got some batons to hand on to a generation. It's important. Right. That's so good. I remember um, when, when Todd and I were stepping in to be the senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship that um, that we used a lot of that baton language right. also. And what we realized as the younger generation, we weren't even that young, but we were young, a lot younger, um, we realized that you know that, that a, a mantle, the baton wasn't something to be grasped or oh, grabbed yeah. for, but it was something to be ready for. And so like you said, it's like if you're running full speed, right and you are faithful in the assignment that God has for you he's not going to let you miss your calling you're not going to miss it it's never going to be too late it's going to be right on time and so our job was to be to be ready for the time when it was passed and then you know and and we were 
blessed and fortunate enough to have a leader, you know, and leaders mm-hmm. that when when it was time, you know, and and they they still had a lot of energy left. They weren't like fizzling out, you know, um, and they weren't crossing the finish line yet. They had another leg of their race to run, but they were ready and they were confident enough that God was going to position them in the next season, you know, for what He had for them. And I think sometimes that a lot of times, you know, as the older generation, we might be nervous to pass pass the baton because, like, God, what 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 do you have for us? But you know, you think about Caleb in you know in the Come Word on. of God. It's like I'm going to take the high country, you That's know. It. And it's it is all this isn't about us. None of it's about us. And you know, I, I go back to Acts chapter two when He said, "In these days, that He's pouring the that the Holy Spirit is being poured out, that the sons and the daughters are going to prophesy, right? Amen, yeah. And when I when I think about the Holy Spirit being poured out on our daughters specifically, yeah, totally. right? When you when you think about that that picture of that is that our responsibility is to prepare them for the platform that the culture's actually prepared for yeah, them, exactly. right? And so exactly. that there is, they have a louder voice than we ever had. They can, you know, they can mobilize an army in a minute. They can get a million followers on Instagram by one, you know, by by one post that, that they may not even been intentional. Yeah. But if we can, if they can be prepared, if we can prepare them for the platform that's been prepared for them so that when they speak and they prophesy, they echo God's voice over their generation. And this is our honor. It's our privilege. I mean, and totally. and they're, they're going to have opportunities, you know, well, earlier. Or do. And, I they know, do. and if we could move it... Um, I love this because you're exactly right. I'm, I'm thinking of a whole TikTok generation with mm-hmm. millions of followers. And, and if we can train them, they can do more than dance with the Bible. They can actually like right. read it. Right. <laughs> like, like me. Yes. Right. But I see yes. it and I go, okay, mm-hmm. this is. And again, I am all for it because mm-hmm. there is a huge end time harvest coming. And it's right. going to come when you've got young people with, you know, platforms of millions and millions of followers right. and access to it. I'm thinking, why God, Why wouldn't God use that right. for an end time exactly. harvest? I think it's exactly. awesome. Exactly, it is. And just a, such a privilege to be a part totally. of the Holy Relay That's what that I love. we're a part of. And God yeah. is a generational, relational yes, God. Yes, and yes. what we're doing is all about preparing the next generation to step up into what we believe are going to be the greatest days of the church amen and amen and i'm i'm pumped about it and <laughs> so i love seeing the you know just the, the 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 wisdom that many of them even have at such a young totally. age but where i see the most fruit is when the generations are working together when the older and the younger are you know linking arms and not letting anything hold them back and just realize recognizing the value of both so it's pretty incredible just to be a part of it right totally so it's, it's how it was supposed to be um hey so just for fun i'd okay. love to hear yes. like we're talking about the best piece of advice that you were ever given, maybe as a young leader or maybe as a seasoned leader, the best piece of advice that you've been given. Yeah, I think um, this, can I say too, because there's two pieces of advice right. that I've kept all my life. Mm-hmm. So very early on when I became uh, a mother, mm-hmm. um, someone said to me, Christine, the person who spends the most time wins Mm. and so in that it was like you know they don't need you to be perfect but just make sure you are spending more time than anybody else with them in terms of emotionally Mm -hmm. invested so good um and Mm -hmm. it's true i'm looking at him now Mm -hmm. older i thought yeah the he who spends the most time wins is it tv is it the teacher is it the coach Mm -hmm. or is it you Mm -hmm. and um and the other one very early on in my early days of ministry was um christine make up your mind 
before you step into this that you cannot be offended Mm -hmm. because only those people that can be offended will be offended so make up your mind ahead of time Mm -hmm. that you're just not going to be offended and then you'll never have to live offended that's so good and you have carried that Mm -hmm. so well you know just it's a it's my goal too to live unoffendable right so that again going back to you so that we don't get stuck in offense and and get sidelined from the purpose and the calling that god has on our lives i love that you know um one of the things we say a lot around here is in the race to the heart of the next generation the first one there wins and so thank you for getting there first with so many girls that you have set pace for to step into their calling and their purpose the way you have invested in the body of christ across the world and specifically into the body christ at christ fellowship and to me personally thank you for your friendship you're a gift and we just honor you for that so thank you for being a part of the podcast again love you um, so <laughs> this has been such a great conversation and we'll make sure that we we link um a21 in the show notes and and your book don't look back and then um and then so all the other resources but we just want to just thank you again for being a part and thank you all for listening we just appreciate you so much knowing that there's so many ways that you could be spending your time today but you joined this conversation we just want you to know we love you we're praying for you and we can't Cannot wait to catch you next time on the So Good Sisterhood podcast. Love you guys. Thank you for joining us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, or leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good. 